Well, just a, a few thoughts here on a, a familiar text that I'm sure many of us have, have gone back to again and again, but I want to ask some, some further questions of it, really. It's, it's 1 Thessalonians 1, uh, verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So this, this is addressing this whole matter of unction and preaching. So we know that the revival and reformation um, come, that the kingdom advances through the means God's appointed, uh, preaching being one of the central ones. But prayer is also a means through which the Lord advances uh, his, his kingdom. And so what, what exactly are we praying for when we pray that the Lord would give unction in the ministry of, of his word? You know, Augustine said, what is time? If no one asks me, I know. But if I desire to explain it to someone who asks me, I don't know. And I think we, we sometimes feel that way about unction as well. The, the Spirit's unction, the word unction actually comes from the Latin word for anointing. So what exactly, um, what exactly is this? Well, you'll note what unction is not, because Paul says here that it came not unto you in word only. So, so unction is not the content of, of a sermon. So it can't be, it's not something that can be reduced to paper. Uh, you can have a carefully crafted, organized, orthodox, you know, sermon with good application, you know, probing application, insight into the text, and so on, all of which is important. That's not unction. It's not something you can reduce to paper. It's also not delivery. You think of, um, 1 Corinthians 2, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So Paul's saying he had weakness. It wasn't delivery, right? It's not harnessed. Unction is not something harnessed through style. It's not personality. Uh, God uses those things. But, you know, someone can say there could be a, a sermon that has emotional intensity, and, and people are moved by the emotional experience. That's not the same as, as unction. It's not even voice. I mean, someone can be, uh, a minister can preach loudly and, and passionately, all of which is appropriate. And you might say, well, that was powerful. Well, his voice was powerful, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's in demonstration of the spirit and of, of power. So it's not, it's not gifts, which can be varied and, and so on. So what, what is unction then? He says, our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. So it's speaking about the ministry of the Spirit, who's coming through this appointed ordinance of preaching in a way that conveys divine authority, divine power, and divine boldness, demonstration of the Spirit and of, of power. And so you can have faithful, you can have faithful preaching with various degrees of, of unction, even. And so, you know, sometimes I think it's helpful to get at a concept by coming from a parallel angle. Think of prayer. So, you know, we're praying here this afternoon or here at noon. If you look at the larger catechism in 182, question 182, it says, how doth the spirit help us in prayer? What a great question. And, and halfway through the answer, it says this. And by working and quickening in our hearts, 
although not in all persons, nor at all times in the same measure, those apprehensions, affections, and graces which are requisite for the right performance of that duty. That's helpful because I think that that helps give some light on the ministry of the Spirit in preaching uh, as well. You know, here is here is the Lord. He He's giving, as it were, he's kicking open the windows and, and, and sending a gale, and there's liberty, and there's a sense of God's presence, and we're flooded with help. We understand that in prayer. There are times in the secret place where the Lord does that, and we're we're carried, as it were, by the Lord, and we're given great liberty in wrestling uh, with the Lord. The same thing is true with regards to, to preaching. For the sake of brevity, um, I think the emphasis falls on on the fruit. We can we know there's unction by by the fruit which we can observe. We can observe the influence and impact and so on. The most pronounced of this of these fruit are the overwhelming sense of the presence of God. This is what we're to expect. How do we know? Bible says so. First Corinthians fourteen verses twenty four and twenty five. He speaks of of unbelievers coming in. And there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned. He is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Right? He's speaking of the, the sense that God is here. And, and that the, the preacher is erased, if you will. He's, he flows into the, into the background and out of the background. That, and there's this sense that God is dealing with me. You know, there's no sermon sippers who are just kind of, you know, what do I think of this sermon and what, what do I like and so on. We're riveted on the word. Even the preacher himself loses all sense of himself and is, is, is you know, clothed with humility. So there's this sense of the presence of God. A second fruit is change. So rather than people saying to a sermon, wow, I enjoyed that. And there's no change. The mark of the Spirit is that there will be change. There will be conversions. People are converted. You know, the people of God are transformed and they're sanctified. Uh, The kingdom is tangibly advanced, right? These are changes that are taking place, right? That's demonstration of the Spirit and of, of power. So this is what we're praying for, is that the when, when, the, when we say, Lord, give unction to preaching for the kingdom advance, we need to see, well, this is not what it is. And on the flip side, this is what it is, you know, the presence of God and true change. So if that's true, then, of course, we're going to be aware of the deterrence, right, leaning on the arm of flesh. Well, that will destroy uh, the possibility of, of unction. And there's lots of ways in which we can, can do that. Pride would be a way of quenching or grieving the spirit. God resists the proud, you know, the sense of self-satisfaction and so on. We're, we're alert to that, that the Lord would clothe us with humility and we humble ourselves under his mighty hand that he might lift us up in due time and so on. And we recognize, of course, that the spirit is sovereign and he reserves the prerogative according to the counsel of his own will and when and how and where and to what degree he gives the unction of the spirit, but it's not purely passive. You know, we, we don't say, well, uh, the Lord's sovereign in evangelism, so we don't do any evangelism. No, we, we, we would recognize there are aids that, that um, 
help unction, you know, one of those would be cultivating a sense of helplessness, actually cultivating, you know, desperation, a sense of, of dependence upon the Lord. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of, of the New Testament. And so we should cultivate this, well, primarily because we are desperate, we are dependent, we are helpless. Um, and that, that sense of dependence will also breed greater um, amounts of prayer. So we can say, oh, yeah, we need to pray, but it's volume. I mean, volume in terms of the amount of prayer as well as the intensity of prayer. If unction comes from heaven, then we need to beg for it. You know, Christ says, um, ask of my father, you know, will he not give the, the Holy Spirit? And so we don't want, we don't want people that are, we don't want ministers uh, or ourselves even dependent on paper. We want power from heaven, you know, that the Lord would, that ministers even would be, you know, Owen speaks about, John Owen speaks about uh, how, what a worthless uh, minister uh, a man is if he, if he's more in his pulpit uh, for his people than in prayer, uh, or in his pulpit to his people rather than in prayer for his people, right? We need to be praying that the Lord would give ministers the spirit of grace and supplications to wrestle with the Lord at the throne and so on themselves. And so we, we can't, no one can give what is needed but the Lord. And so we're, that's why we're here. That's why we're seeking him to, to pray that the Lord would, would give it. Because if he doesn't give it, then we go without it. And so we need to, we need to pray. You know, the Dutch had this saying in the old days where the ministers would say, you pray me full and I'll preach you full. And there's something to that, right? We need to be, we need to be begging God in prayer. We also need to pray that the message is aligned with what the Spirit says about how the Spirit works. So we're told the Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment to come. So the message of preaching should be aligned with what the Spirit, how the Spirit works. It should be aimed, for example, at the conviction of sin. The, the Bible, you know, Christ said that the Spirit would take the things of Christ and show them to us. You know, that, that, that the Spirit would magnify the Son. So sermons should therefore be focused on exalting the Lord Jesus, because that's how the Spirit, you know, works. We, we need to align the message with, with what the Spirit does. And it, has, it obviously has to be aligned with the people uh, as well, um, the needs of the people and, and so on, in order to preach with faith, to preach with, with confidence and, and so on. But behind all of this is really a call to slow down in solitude. That's true for every one of us, all of us that are here, everybody in the pew, everybody in the pulpit. We need to slow down in, in, in solitude. There needs to be way more time uh, in fellowship with Christ, meditation, prayer, lingering. Not, not you know, I, I read my few verses for the day, or I read even my chapter for the day, but copiously uh, pouring over the, the word of God and before the face of God and in prayer with, with the Lord so that there's this aroma. You know, what we, we want the aroma that, that results in, in saying, you know, this one has been with Jesus. You can tell because the aroma of Christ is there. We need to see 
and know the Lord more. We need a big God and consequently small man so that, so that not only our enemies and opposition are viewed as small, but even we are viewed as small and ministers are viewed as small and so on and so forth. There's no shortcut to slowing down in solitude. Far more time has to be put in the secret place with the Lord rather than rushing through, as it were, f- with formality, the motions, but to, to know the Lord um, in the secret place. So, you know, what do we need? We need, we're praying for, for the Lord to give unction, to give the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is part of what it means. And this is how God has appointed it uh, to work. In, in preaching, there are heavenly transactions that are happening. Things that are happening between heaven and earth in the ordinance of preaching and and we need help we need we need the demonstration of the spirit and of of power that the lord would be pleased to grant this to us so just a few thoughts of meditation to kind of stoke our fire as we go to the lord in prayer <laughs> 